Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to speak about the new covenant more. Lord, we've been talking about it for 14 years almost. Come April, it will be 14 years. And Lord... We've grown more and more understanding of it during that time, of course. But, Lord, I I pray that you'll help us tonight because, Lord, there is a great trouble in our country and in the world. And, Lord, that is that we do not understand that we are not keeping the new covenant that you gave your blood for. We believe we are. We're religious worshipers. We, We go to church. We believe that you paid the price of your blood as a covenant to remove our sins. But Lord, immediately upon hearing this, we're like the people of Israel of old. When they came out of Egypt and they heard your word and and so forth, and they were real interested and so forth, but then they went off and did their own thing. And Lord, you give a message on that in Hebrews 8. And it said this. I'm going to start in verse 6 because it kind of helps understand what I'm going to say. But I want explain the new covenant that the people might become interested in reasoning why you have to come and confirm it. When you say confirm, Lord, it means make us understand it because we're not keeping it and we don't understand it. And Lord, I pray that that this will sink in for the people. You tell us here in verse 6 in Hebrews 8, you said, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises because finding fault with them he says behold the days are coming says the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and with the house of judah not according to the covenant that i made with their fathers in the day when i took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of egypt because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Now, please understand, he's talking about the days of rebellion, because they're continued in the rebellion to this point in time, and it's continued till now. And our church is mirroring the rebellion of, of Israel. It says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. That's very important for us to understand something. Before he confirms the covenant in Daniel 9.27, there is the Ezekiel 38 war and there's the separation judgment. So he's going to confirm the covenant with many, he says in Daniel 9.27, but not with everybody. And he tells us in Matthew 7. 21 to 23, that many who say, Lord, Lord, did I cast out demons in your name, prophesy in your name, and heal people in your name? He's going to say, Get, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, I never knew you. That's very important for us to understand. We think right now we have the new covenant. We think that we're going to be set apart and he's going to confirm the covenant to us. What I'm trying to say is that we do not know the covenant because we do not know the knowledge of truth or the way of it. We have been blinded by the ways of the world and the complacency of the church so that we do not seek it much like the house of Israel. Now, the house of Israel denied the Messiah who came into the world to make known the words, which is exactly what it said in Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, is the requirement of the Messiah. It's boiled down to those two simple verses. 
And he said if they will not receive it, they will be held in a judgment. What happened after they killed Jesus? They lost the nation. And he told them in Matthew 21, 43 to 44, it would be taken away from them. But they did not pay attention. And the other thing that they totally ignore, and we ignore, that we need to pick up on, is what it says in Psalms 110. In Psalms 110, the Lord is talking to Psalm of David. It's a critical psalm. It says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, please understand, the Lord, the Father, is going to send it out of Zion. So he's sitting in Zion, and he's going to send it out of Zion. We also consider Jerusalem Zion, but he's first sending it from the capstone because he sets up the the judgment seat in the top of the capstone. Remember, his throne in Ezekiel 1 tells us above the firmament. But the four living creatures are under the top of the firmament, and the judgment throne is where the four living creatures are. They're there also. So the judgment throne set up in Daniel 7, 9 to 10, and in Revelation 4 and 5, is that judgment seat that's set in the top of the capstone, of the, in the midst of the capstone, the top, top capstone. As there's four heavens, it tells us in Second Corinthians 12, 1 to 4, where the the, the paradise is the third heaven. Because he went up there and heard the words spoken, Paul did. <clears throat> and the first heaven is the world. And then the second step is we have to overcome, is we have to make the choice of the wisdom of the words we choose. And the dragon's throne was in the second heaven, shadow of death, and he's been cast out. Now he's down on the earth since 2003. Because the Lord tells us that in Joel, Revelation 12, that at the beginning of the time of times and a half time, the devil's on the earth. That's important for us to understand that truth. Remember that the people of Israel refused at the time they came out of Egypt to receive the words in their heart. They instead wanted it taught to them. We can see that we are the same as them. Because we go to church to be taught by preachers and so forth. We will not look at the scriptures and receive the words that enables us to receive understanding like the disciples got after the cross when Jesus come back and said, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. And then he was able to open to them the understanding. As he tells us in Proverbs 120, Proverbs 1, verses 20 to 23, that wisdom is always calling out our words, but they're not listening. He says, how long, you simple ones, how long, you naive ones, will you go on in your simplicity, your naivety? When will you turn and receive the truth? Obviously, it's not by casting out demons by his name. It's obviously not by um, healing people by his name. It's obviously not by um, prophesying in his name. That doesn't do it. Read Matthew seven twenty-one to 23. That's not it. There's another thing we're missing and we're not paying attention to. It's the law. He told us in Psalm 78 that he wrote a law for the parents, and that law is given to us that they're to make known the works of God. And that law is given to us in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, and Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21, how to carry that out. Every night we are to speak his words to those in our household every evening. And in the night he seals that word within us, and in the morning he makes known. And he builds that knowledge a little bit here, a little bit there, line by line, precept upon precept, as he says in Isaiah 28, 9 to 13, where you can find the law of knowledge. And he does not give his knowledge to those weaned on milk. So we should keep that in our mind. Let's go down and continue reading Psalms 110. It says, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Remember, he said he's going to rule with a rod of iron. Out of Zion, he's going to rule the heavens with a rod of iron. And from the heavens, we have the stars. From the heavens, we have the that rule over us. We have the sun and the moon that rules over us. But what is it in them that rules over us? It's the words of God. 
because the blessings that come forth from the earth and all the elements that come forth from the earth are coming because of the response of them. But we don't believe this. We don't pay attention to that. We think we can manipulate the heavens. No, we, we manipulate them by the devil following him and allowing him to destroy what blessings are supposed to be coming for us. But if we will walk in the way of truth, it'll come. And remember, God said through Paul that he desires all men to be saved, but we must come to the knowledge of truth. He says he desires to come to the knowledge of truth. He tells us in Psalms 142 that his law is truth. He tells us in John seventeen seventeen, Jesus was praying in the garden before his crucifixion, crucifixion where the next day he was going to give, or the, uh, in that next uh, thing, they were going to take him from the garden that night, and the next day in the morning, they were going to nail him to the cross, and he would be dead by three, giving his blood for us. Giving his blood for us. For the purpose of purchasing the right to enter the Holy of Holies, which God agreed with and tore the temple veil to show us that we now can come directly to him and receive the new covenant, which is the knowledge of the words of God in Proverbs 1, 20 to 23. He's always calling out his words and says, if we will turn, he will pour out his spirit upon us and cause us to know his words. In John fourteen fifteen to 17, Jesus warned us that the spirit of truth cannot enter those of the world. And even though people call upon his name, and as he said, all those who are calling upon his name, whether of the kingdom or not, are testifying of him, and it doesn't harm. It's, you know, it's not great, but it is better than, you know, uh, trampling upon. They can't testify against him in the end. Because in the end, they've been speaking about the words and calling on his name. And when they find out they didn't really understand his name, they cannot testify against him. Because he tells you what his name means in Revelation nineteen eleven to 13. And we don't understand it. It's the word written on his thigh. But here in Psalms 110, he tells you what that means. He says, here he says, your people shall be, well, he says, your rod of Zion Wait, let me go back to verse 2 again, read it again, because I'm messing this up. It said, The Lord shall send the rod of uh, your strength, the rod of your strength, out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. The rod of your strength. How do we get our strength? The rest. The Sabbath day of rest. But it comes by doing the way of the words all week. And then on the Sabbath day, he remembers, teaches us the remembrance of the works that we've done by what he taught us and showed us each day. Because every evening, we were supposed to be bringing forth his words to our children. And he says, if we do that, we'll rule in the midst of our enemies. But we are not ruling in the midst of our enemies. Our enemies are destroying us. The, the FDA and all these things destroying our health with the food, the toxins, and the rest of it. The, the government uh, is the person. It's the government that's bringing in the drugs. They're paying for the drugs. They're raising up with the Knights of Templar and all the other ones. They're organizing and raising up the drug dealers, the mobs all over the world that rob us and steal from us and you know, all these things. It's all the world system. It's the harlot, the city of the harlot. She manipulates all these things and uses them for advantage. She manipulates the stock market. She manipulates the health care. All these things are being done, and we should see it. We don't have any strength against our enemies because we've allowed the idols to stand in our nation and so forth. And God is saying that if... We will hear him. He will send the rod of our strength from Zion. What is the rod? He says he'll rule over us with a rod of iron that's in the heavens. And in the heavens, he put the lights. And what is the light? The entrance of his words gives light, gives understanding to the simple. And he's saying, hey, you're simple. You're naive once you're not listening. But if you will turn to me, I will pour out my spirit upon you. And I will cause you to know, your, know his words. But we're not even seeking this. We're rejecting to understand that the new covenant is that he's going to write his words which is his law, Psalms 119, 142, John 17, 17, Psalms 119, 160, Psalms 33, 4. See, he's going to write his words on our hearts. If we will let him, the people of Egypt didn't want that. Today, we want to go to our pastors and do all these things and listen to them, and they don't have the knowledge of truth and aren't seeking it and won't allow it taught in their churches. But we want to turn that way. We want to believe the Pope. We want to believe all these things. And even the, even the Vatican is upset with this Pope being, you know, the history. There's file, court cases filed against these people for pedophiles and so forth in Europe and the common courts. And the people aren't paying attention to this. Many things are going on. 
that people ignore. They won't tell the truth. I've told how the, the, the Senate and the Congress is false. These things are you know, decided before and advanced. It's interesting that we're coming up close now to August 25th. I mean, excuse me, February 25th. What's well, beginning like the 22nd or whatever it is, around the 22nd. But on February 25th, they're having their meetings, secret meetings, where they sign off on the budgets for this year with the Crown Trust. The Crown Trust rules the country, and they sign off the budgets every year that week of February 25th and so on. And it's a top secret, highest top secret level clearance you can get to go into that meetings. And they meet with the 21, the, the, the cabinets, they meet with the 20, uh, I think it's 22 cabinets and 21 secret companies that they meet with at that time. And they approve their budgets and they decide those budgets every year. They start this in, in the middle of November and they decide it until the 1st of January. And then it's decided and they go out and they tell the people what they're going to do. And then they confirm it in uh, the first week, uh, that last week of February. Every year they do this, and they've been doing it, and people don't pay attention. But those in the government that have the knowledge of the high-level people understand that's true. They don't want you to know that. Trump don't want you to know this. Obama didn't want you to know this. They're not even high enough. I don't know if they get to go to the meetings. But these are the ones who run our country. There's senators and congressmen that go there because they're on these cabinets, and they're in there deciding these budgets. And they decide what's going to happen. So anyway, there we are. In a rule in the midst of your enemies, we are not ruling. We are losing. We're coming to a great tribulation because we will not hear the Lord and will not understand how we get the ability to receive this rod of iron, the rod of our strength, the way the seven spirits and the knowledge of the words that enables the greater promises of God when we do these things in the way of the seven spirits. That's how you get strength. The power of the Lord, he's our king, is found in his words. Ecclesiastes 8.4. He tells us in Psalms 119.105 that it's by his words that our path is lit straight. We understand how to go to win victory, how to overcome the world. The Lord is going to rise up, and he's done that. He's caused his words to be opened in 2003, and that's what he said he would do in in, uh, Hebrews uh, 10.26-27, as well as in... um, in uh, Zechariah 14.7. And even in Hosea 6.5, he said, our judgments come like light. Which he turns up his words, gives that. Okay. <clears throat> it goes on, verse 3. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. See, we are in the day of the Lord. He has been, he came and he opened the bow to us. And we are to receive the arrows, which is what? Isaiah Forty-nine two tells us it's the shining shaft, our Lord, his words, the shining shaft in the quiver of God. And we're to use those arrows if we're going to use his, or we're going to use the words of the dragon's mouth that we're using today. So we got to change and learn the pure language of the kingdom of heaven so that the kingdom can come on earth because the Lord says he'll cause you to know his words, but you don't believe it. You don't believe in the words. You don't believe what he said in Proverbs one twenty-three. Nor do you believe what he says in John fifteen seven. If you abide in his, and you abide in his words, what you desire will be done for you. You don't believe that, or you'd want to know what his words are and how to speak them and do them. And it goes on. It says, "In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning." Remember, I've told you that every morning he makes known his words. And what's he put on the grass in the morning to do? He tells us, and David even talks about the dew of the dawn. I've talked about this a lot. In the morning, he makes known his words. In the night, he seals his instruction in us. In the morning, we can understand them. We begin to understand. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest. And he's talking to the Lord. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. John fifteen seven says, we must abide in him and abide in his words and we will what? We will have what we desire. Now, consider Melchizedek. Melchizedek came back in Genesis 14, verse 18. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And then it describes what does that mean? It means that he was the priest of the God Most High. How did the Lord send Jesus into the earth? 
He sent him with his words, Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, to make them known and to show us the way of them. So here comes Melchizedek, the priest, meaning he'd speak the words of God, of the God Most High, and he's going to show Abram the way because he brought the bread and wine. And he says this, he says, And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He had a miraculous victory. But you notice he didn't have to go to war again after he met Melchizedek and he got the bread, which Jesus showed us with the, the explanation in John 6 that the bread is why those people sought him for instruction because the bread gives instruction, desire for instruction, puts a spirit of instruction and a desire of it. The desire of search for instruction comes from the bread. The water gives, cold water gives us desire to be corrected. So eat some bread and drink some cold water. It'll give you the desire to come to truth. So what he does then, that's Melchizedek. Melchizedek used the bread and wine. Jesus used the bread and the fish. Many other ways he did it. You can speak the words, but show the words. And the Father said in Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, he was sending Messiah into the world to speak his words and to show them the way of his words. And Jesus said, many good works have I shown you of the Father. And the good works are the works of the pure language of God that are enabled by the pure language of God that were prepared from the foundations of the world. And when you speak the words of God with wisdom more than milk knowledge, because milk is just symbolic of the first spirit. And if you speak them in the way of power, which is the way of the seven spirits, understanding the way to do them in the way of the seven spirits, then what will happen? You have strength. You'll overcome the enemy, which is what he's saying in Psalms 110, 2. It says, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are priests forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And if he is that, then we are that. We must go forth doing the way of the words of God. It says, the Lord is at your right hand. That means God is at our right hand. What does that mean? It means that his, he's in his words in his full measure according to John 3.34. And when you do the way of the words, God is moving with you. The omnipresent spirit of God is going to work. Because he says his words in Isaiah fifty five eleven will go forth and never come back to him void. If we are walking in the way of the Lord, in the way of Melchizedek, following after him, abiding in him, abiding in his words, then what we desire will be done for us. Because we're going to be working on bringing forth the kingdom of God, which is what he pulled Abram out of, um, out of um, Babylon 4. Land of Shinar. Brought him out of there. Okay, it says, he, the Lord, shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He should fill with dead, de with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook of the wayside, by the wayside. And therefore he shall lift up the head. The brook of the wayside. You know, that's to go out in the wilderness, come out of the world and drink of that water that gives the correction and the, what the Lord is telling him, the Father's telling him, look, the water is all prepared for this. Everything that you need is prepared for this. The correction, just drink of that cup at that time. Because the Lord will come forth with judgment with the angels and he will set them apart. But vengeance is God's, not ours, in this day. That's the new covenant. But first, what's he going to do? All those who set themselves apart by the way of truth, uh, John seventeen seventeen, he will save. And the way of truth is to do what he says in Joel two twelve to twenty, because there he says, "If you do this, I will intervene, and I will let the bridegroom come forth." But we will not hear that. Again, he told us that at this time we are to do this because he wants to come and cleanse us. It, once he sets us apart, he's going to do what he said. He, in, in Daniel 12, 9 and 10, he says that he's going to, at that time when the words are open, he says he's going to cause the people to be purified, uh, made white, and refined. That's the process step. That's a three-step process that gives us understanding to enable us to do the works. And then he will give us counsel on what to do after we build that foundation in us. 
that he's going to walk through and, and cause us to receive. See, our job is to get ready for the kingdom that will never end because we're going to bring back the kingdom with him. He's going to bring us back for that. Now, understand that Paul teaches us that in, in uh, Hebrews 7, see, th- this is really important for us. In Hebrews seven fifteen, it says, and it is yet far more evident of, evident if, in the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of fleshly commandment, but according to the power of the endless life, everlasting life. See, in John five twenty four, the Lord says, if we will hear his voice, that means discern the words that his voice is speaking, because that, that's what the Greek word means for voice when you hear it. And then it says, if you believe in the promises of God, you will have everlasting life and pass through these judgments, meaning you will have power over your enemies. You'll have the Lord causing the enemies to flee from you, like he says he'll do in Joel 2.12, uh, Joel 2.20, if we will do what it says in Joel 2.12-20, which includes being sanctified, and which he instructs in John 17.17, 17, we are sanctified when we set ourselves apart from those of the world by receiving his words. But we don't want to believe this. And we're going on and we're going right into our destruction. That's why he says the Lord looks down and they're dead men walking. They're like dead trees walking. Okay. Uh, he goes on and he says, you're a priest forever. Um, it says for the power of his endless life. Then he says, for he testifies. Now, I've just read that to you from Psalms 110. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For on one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. See, we, we should understand that the people come out of Egypt. What happened? God took the kingdom away from them. Matthew twenty one forty three to 44. He allowed them all that time, so many, 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 many chances, and gave the kingdom. Then he gave the kingdom to the apostles, and they opened them to the Gentiles. The Gentiles immediately lost the knowledge. And here we are. 2017, and the words have been open since 2003, and we still don't want to believe it and come out from it. And yet the judgment is coming. And if you do not set yourself apart from the world by his words, which is a requirement that Jesus made clear in John 17, 17, and in Joel 2, 12 to 20, he will not intervene for you. And he will not allow the uh, uh, bridegroom to come to you. But if the bridegroom does come to you, what's he going to do? He's going to confirm the covenant, giving you authority to call on his words and change your heart. He's going to cut away all the darkness and he's going to write his words on your heart so you know the difference between sin. And you know what the Lord is. You know that the Lord is in his words in the full measure. John three thirty four. So you're going to know God. Everyone will know God. You'll know the words. Now you gather together and stir up love and good works like he says in Hebrews ten twenty four. The 31. And understand that if you, if any of us, are doing willful sin at this time, then we'll pay the price for it, which is what he says in Hebrews 10, 26, 27. We've got to come out from that. Okay, so he goes on, and he said, For the law made nothing perfect on uh, on the other hand. There is the bringing... Uh, let me read this again. I'm, I'm not doing well. <laughs> I go to verse 18. It says, For on the one hand there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Near to God, he gets in you. When the spirit of truth is in you and you have the words in your heart, then what happens? You have the full measure of the spirit of the omnipresent God in you, guiding you because he writes his words in his heart, but that spirit cannot enter those of the world. And when you look around us and see us using the fiat currency and all these other things, because we have not asked God to set us apart in his kingdom on earth. We pray that, but we're not even understanding how it comes. We don't understand the the inheritance. We're a bunch of Jacobites. You You know what a Jacobite is? It's very interesting. There's a scripture. Let me take time to look at that real quickly for you. There's a scripture in Hebrews 6, 8. 
Let me let me read to it real quickly because it's not that many scriptures. We got a few minutes here, maybe. It says, "Therefore, this is six one, and I'm going to talk down to first verse eight, and you'll understand what I'm talking." Um, I'm going to go to nine. Okay, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, you know, just believe in the blood and the Ten Commandments, that, you know, believe in the fact that he died on the cross and the Ten Commandments, that, that's not going to save you. As it says in Revelation twelve seventeen. it will not keep you from the dragon. He's going to attack those people. You got to know what the blood purchased. It purchased the opening of the temple veil so that we can go into the Holy of Holies and do what? In, in the Holy of Holies, is one thing happens. God makes his words known to us. That's what we should know. And we're not, that's, that's the primary function of the Lord giving his blood for us. And that washes away our sins. How? It cuts away the darkness because if we do this, we bring forth the kingdom. He cuts out with a sword. He's going to cut out our sins out of our hearts. And we're going to be ready because then you won't have the thought of darkness and evil and so forth you won't have hate you have love for everything it says therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of christ let us go on to perfection that's what hebrews i mean uh, daniel 9 or excuse me daniel 12 9 to 10 is telling us that when the words are open we're going to be purified made white and refined and we're not willing we're not even looking for his words so we're not trying to get to this we're not trying to be perfected. Tells you in Ephesians 5, 25, 27, we've got to be washed by the water of the word to become spotless. And we're not listening. We don't even want to know what the words are. We love our salvation. And yet we look at enemies taking over us. We're, we can see our economy coming to an end. We can see our nation going to war. We can see all these things coming. That's destruction. That's what Israel saw. Back in the time of Jesus, he told them, hey, it's all going to fall. And the Lord's telling us this now, and we're not listening. We oh we listen to prophecy, we listen to all these things, and we say, oh, we got messengers, we got all these things, but nobody's looking for the truth. He told us he desires us all to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Get the knowledge of truth. As where your power is found. Power is found in the words of the king. You gotta define what those words are. He came to make known the words of God. If they did if they had the Torah, all the Bible, all the prophets of old, which we still you know read and so forth, and they couldn't understand the words out of that, we're in the same problem. Even though we got the New Testament, which even goes further. We have no excuse for not hearing the words. You gotta hear big telling by Paul on that. We're not listening, we're not discerning, we're not rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay. He says let us go on to perfection, not lying, uh, laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. In other words, he's saying repentance from not having faith. Remember, Jesus was always telling his disciples, where's your faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptism, do we know what the baptism does? Washed by the water of the word? We don't understand what baptism, it's just a formality, a tradition that we do. Yes, it opens the ability for the Spirit to walk with us and call on us and tell us, hey, you've got to get the words, but we're not listening. Proverbs 1, 20 to 23 says, how long will you go long in your simplicity, your naivety for not hearing the words and asking? Of laying upon the, hand, the, uh, of the hands of resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. We have to go on to perfection. We got to get the knowledge of the words of God, not just traditions. And this we will do if God permits. For if it is impossible for those who are once enlightened, having lasted uh, the heavenly, uh, having tasted the heavenly gift, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in a full measure in His words. So if you want to get the full measure of the Holy Spirit, receive his words. That's what allows you to understand these things in the way of the kingdom of heaven, like water baptism, what it does. What's it good for? What is it really doing? What is the eternal judgment? We're going to be judged by his words. Why don't we believe that? John 12, 48. He goes on and he says, and having tasted the good word of God, 
speak the words that enable the good works of God, but if we don't know what the words are and the way of speaking them in a pure language, which is Jesus just tells us, does everything in a way of the seven spirits, and then we can enable those works of God that never fail. But we don't see that today. He's wanting to give us that, but we have to turn as a people. And it says, and the powers of the age to come. See, the power of the age to come. He's given us many signs. The healings and all these things are examples of the things to come. That's why they can cast out demons in his names. They can heal many in his names. And they can prophesy in his name. That's all been for testimony of the power to come. And the power of this age to come comes at the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the time that he reigns on earth for seven years. That means we make him king. When he's king, we have the power of the king. And he confirms his covenant to many, but the covenant is found in his words, which is in our inheritance of the kingdom of God. And if we fall away from that, he says in verse 6, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. We are putting God to shame. The Lord says how much worse in Hebrews 10, uh, 20. I think it's 29 and 30 and 31. He's telling us there that we put him to shame when we trample upon the spirit of grace, upon the spirit of grace, which is the spirit of his blood. His blood was paid as a price to open the temple so we can go in and receive the words of God that he came into the world to bear witness to. He tells us in John 18, 37, his purpose for coming into the world was to bear witness to the truth, but the people won't hear the truth, which he told us in John 17, 17 is his words. They won't hear it. They won't discern it. Told him in John eight forty three to forty seven that your father is the devil because you cannot, you hear my speech but you can't discern my words, and that's where we are today. We hear his speech, we love all the words of the Bible, but we can't discern his words from it, because we're not looking for them. But if we will turn and ask him for him, he promises that he will cause you to know it, and he tells you that he will do this even if, because he says you won't have to go to your neighbor if you actually seek the Lord, he will cause you to begin to understand his words. And you'll grow in them. It has to grow line by line, precept on precept. Some people have an advantage. They've been studying it hard for years. Where are you? That's really sad. It tells us in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow and, and is a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. It's not your preacher that's able to cause your heart to move. It's the word that has the full measure of the spirit of God in it. And they're not knowing that. So if it's coming to you, it's becoming to your desire to hear. And God is moving your heart. Spirit's doing it, but the preachers are not. Because he tells us in Zechariah 10.3, he's angry with all of them. Because they haven't put anything in your storehouse. And all the people are in the goat herds. They think they're saved and set apart and religious and everything. But they're going to be shocked at who isn't set apart when he comes and does a separation judgment. That's what he's saying in Matthew seven twenty one to 23. See, there is a change of the law. The law, the way they did it before, is one way. That, that's all the words. I mean, Jesus said he didn't come to change the law. See, God didn't come to change it. He came to enhance it. He came so now, instead of we're waiting to go through a priest and have all these stumbling blocks between us and the God, Jesus enables us to receive the knowledge of the, of the Holy One directly if we will turn to him and ask for the spirit of truth. But if we won't knock and ask for his words with a sincere heart, because as I told you in Hebrews 4.12, it discerns whether you're scoffing or not. Do not scoff the Holy Spirit, which he tells you in John 3.34, it comes in his spirit full measure. He wants to write him in our minds and our heart. He told us that. And he tells us, you remember he told us, faith, the words were feigned by the word of God. If you go to Psalms, that's in Hebrews 11. Let me, let me just read this for you. Hebrews 11 to 3 here. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, by hearing the word, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. People are looking for the big bang and the stars colliding and caused all this. It doesn't happen that way. Everything came by the word of God. And I've explained the way of the science for that. 
And yes, it's 6,000 years. It only took him six days to make it. He could have made it in one day. He did it that way to show us his way. The six days of working and the seventh day of rest. He says, and this is the the way of the generations. He said, this this is the work of the generations, what he said in um, Genesis 2.4. The record of the generations, because the record of generations comes forth in the way of the Spirit of God. That's seven, 7,000 years, or at the end of 6,000 years, we're going to be judged. Because only the ones who understand the work is going to be able to receive the rest and strength. He goes on. And he says in verse 6 of Hebrews 11, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He tells us in John 8, a very interesting story. He tells us there that says, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. If you will not receive these words, you're not of God. If you don't believe me, start doing Proverbs one twenty three with earnest and be thirsty to know the words that he created the whole creation with. Start there. Start with Genesis 1 and understand how he spoke words and these things were done. How is it? Start asking. That's where I started from. I wanted to know how they do these things and all these things are done. And God starts the words. He'll draw you to do that as he promised he would do. He tells us in John 10, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the sheep, is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is that door. He is the one that gives you the authority to receive the words of God. He died and gave his blood as a purchase price so that we can come to him and he will cause us to know his words. How did he do that? He causes the spirit of truth to be poured out on us. The spirit of truth is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that causes the knowledge of his words to be made known, which cannot be made known to those of the world. So if you're not hearing the words of God, you're not of the, of the you haven't set yourself apart from the kingdom according to John seventeen seventeen. And if you don't want to believe that, read the scriptures and see, test it with God. Sincerely ask him that truth. He'll guide you to that. But do not try to go to him and say, I want to prove you wrong. Go to him and say, Lord, I believe you made everything by your words. I want to know what these words are. And he'll pour out that knowledge upon you. And he'll cause you to know it. Well, Lord, I pray that you will use this tonight, dear Lord, in the spirit. We just reviewed scriptures that Paul and all of them, dear Lord, have made known so well for so long. And dear Lord, we, we've tried to make it known to your people, asking, dear Lord, that they would believe in your kingdom. And Lord, we pray that they will begin to understand. You know, and they can hear the words and not do the way of the words, and that's dead works, as James says in James 2.17. You know, many people, like the Muslims and so forth, they all believe there's one God. James said they do well to believe that. But they need to understand, they need to know God and know his son. And Lord, they don't want to believe that you came into the world and had the blood of the Father. When God puts his blood in Mary's womb, that was one chromosome. And Ron White found that blood and they've tried to keep that message. And they've tried to, to deliberate, what, deliberate, I mean, obliterate all his testimony well lord it's true the bible speaks of it because john identifies it as jesus you blew when he cut your side water and blood came out our blood is of the waters but your blood was of both mary and the father and father's blood is the blood that's the eternal blood that's everlasting and we'll have that blood and we'll have two chromosomes i believe one of the male and female he made us he intentionally made us that way, that we we're going to be that way at the end. Because the female is the wisdom of God. That's always calling on us to prepare the way for us. That's what wisdom does. It prepares the way for us. That's why she calls. She sets the table. She calls in the street. She does all these things that we might turn to you and receive the instruction of the words. That's what he means by he made a male and female. 
but the people don't want to understand it. They, they, they want to excuse that for transgender, which you clearly say is an abomination or gay or homosexual. Total abomination in the Bible. There's no, no other way around it. And Lord, they want to deny all those things. And then they mock you by trying to use the rainbow as a thing. But I didn't finish Hebrews 6, 8. Now, I should do that real quickly because it's a really interesting story in Hebrews 6, 8. There is a, it says there in Hebrews 6, 8, and I got off on a tangent with other things that didn't finish it. Now, let me just start from 7 and 8. It says, For the earth which drinks and the rain that often comes upon it, and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessings from God. We don't allow that to happen because we're even interfering with the heavens by putting copper isotopes and tons up in the upper atmosphere and aluminum particles and all those other things. They don't want you to know about the copper isotopes because it interferes with the sun frequency, which heals us and gives us that vitamin C we need. But anyway, Lord, <clears throat> the, the herbs are even trying to block the herbs because they're trying to kill us. And that's what you're talking about in verse 8, because it says, but if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and nearer to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. See, what they're talking about there is they're cursing the earth. They're doing all these works of evil. And the word briars there is an interesting word. It's Strong's uh, Greek 5146, which is tribulos. And that, that is an interesting one because some of the... Some of the commentaries list that as a star thistle, which is very interesting. It's, a, it's basically a poisonous thistle. It's poisonous to some things, not all cattle, not all sheep, but the horses, it's very poisonous. And it's got a gold, like a spraying out flower that comes out. And Lord, it's very interesting that the Crown Trust has the order of the thistle, which why anybody would want that tells you it should be a curse especially when they say that they will harm anybody that harms them or talks dirty of them or anything like that. They're going to cause a pain to come. But that's what this star thistle is. And they, they, put it, they put that emblem in the middle of a star. And it's symbolic of the star thistle. That's, and what's it, the star thistle is poisonous to the horses, and the horses is the strong spirit. The Lord says he's coming with his chariots of horses. The spirit, as he tells you in Revelation, I mean, Zechariah 6 and other places, and even in Revelation, the sealed judgment, the first four sealed judgments of the horses, everybody calls them the horses of apocalypse, but they're actually horses telling you to come to the truth, the knowledge of the truth. He gives you a bow and a crown. What's that? Speak the words of God and receive the crown of life, or speak the words of the dragon and receive eternal punishment. That's not all apocalypse horses. That's what they want you to believe because they don't want you to see the truth. He's telling you to ride my four horses, which is the way he, he gave a prophecy in, in uh, April 2000, or excuse me, May, May or June 2010. And you can go back and find it. It's in many places they had that. And that prophecy said that he's calling all the people to ride his four horses. The four horses is the way of the four spirits, the first four spirits, which is, you know, to separate yourself from the world, receive the wisdom of the words, words of wisdom, and receive the understanding of God on how to enable the good works using those words. And then also the fourth spirit is the counsel of the Lord. He gives us instruction on when to use them and how to, how to teach them to others and so on. That's what he's talking about. That's what the four horses really are. Even though the world wants you to believe everything else, I, I said that back in 2006, and they got on television all over the nation and said there's one person out there teaching that the four horses, and, I mean the white horse of the, of the of six, uh, first sealed judgment is not the Antichrist. They're not of God. That's an abomination straight from the pits of hell. Remember that, and you better repent for it because it's very bad, all you that said that on national TV, all these TV evangelists and big time, all the top 250 preachers were believing this. And they made movies, the Left Behind series and all that on the four horses and so forth. And they don't know the, the Bible and they don't know God. And that testifies they don't know God because they don't know what those horses are for in the book of Revelation. We must understand this very clearly. But the star thistle, it's very interesting that you see the star thistle. Go look up the Order of the Garter. 
Every June, the Queen goes up in Scotland and do that. And, and people don't know that in, in near Edinburgh where they do this is Edinburgh is the place underground where they control all the currencies of the world are issued from there and gathered there. People don't know that secret side of the economic system. But that's where it is. They're stealing the people. And, and basically what they're saying is we're going to cut down anybody strong enough to come against us. You're not going to cut down God. And Satan has no power over the words of God. You see in Revelation twelve sixteen that those with the words, those that came out of the city, they're in the wilderness with the wisdom of God. They give up on them. And they go to try to attack those that just have the Ten Commandments and know about the blood of Christ. The testimony that he came and spilled his blood. But they don't look at what he purchased. They don't look at the words. They don't know God. And if they knew God, they'd know the times as well. He will make known, you know, the day and hour he opened his words was not known but anybody but the Father. The day of the separation judgment that's going to come in, and I think, at the winter or the beginning of the morning, that's of God. That's a day known to God. But the fact is we're coming to the appointed time and we are required to know the seasons and the timings. We should know the season. We may not know the day and hour, but we're going to know the season and we don't, we're not seeing it. He told us in Job 24, 1, you don't know God if you don't know his times. How is it we don't know his appointed times? He says very clearly in Luke 17, 34, that the separation judgment's coming in the night of the day of the Lord. And he tells us in John 9, 4, 5, that he's going to leave those of the world in the night. At the ending of the night, he'll do that right before it because he tells you the timing of that in Isaiah 21, 10 to 12. But when he does that, there's going to be one of those days and hours where the separation judgment, bam, is going to come on. It's too late. Too late to change at that point. Your judgment will be sealed by God, and he'll send them. He promised us a compelling event, and I pray that it'll come quickly, that we might turn, because right now people are not seeing the ending of what's coming at them. Lord, we pray that you'll help with this message to pour your spirit upon it and cause it to be heard by your people. We ask it in thy precious and thy holy name, in Jesus' name. Amen. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.